Welcome to Still Pretty, a Buffy the Vampire Slayer podcast from Chipperish Media. I'm film scholar and strong guiding hand and stompy foot, Noelle LaCroix. And I'm story expert and pulseless, impure, follically fried vampire, Lonnie Diane Rich. And we are here today to talk about Tough Love, the 19th episode of season five. Tough Love aired on May 1st, 2001, and was written by Rebecca Rand Kirshner and directed by David Grossman. As you all should know by now, this is a fully spoiled Buffy podcast, so we will be talking about whatever we want from the whole run of Buffy and Angel without regard for standard societal niceties. So if you care about spoilers and you haven't watched it all, come back later. We'll be right here where you left us. Maybe I'm not evil, but I don't think I can be good. So let's go on patrol. In Tough Love, Buffy has to quit school in order to take care of Dawn. Ben gets fired from his job for being gone for two weeks, and while he's packing up, he turns into Glory. She yells at her minions for not being able to do their frickin' jobs, pardon her French, and now she's gotta do it for them. So I think you better rack your little minion brains and tell me everything that you saw when you were spying on Buffy and her wacky pals. Then I'll figure out who the key is. Dawn's been skipping school, and Buffy has to go meet with the principal. She comes back to the magic box and asks Giles for advice. Giles tells her that she has to put her foot down with Dawn, and she asks Giles to do it. Giles says that Buffy's her family, and Dawn needs her to be firm. She comes out, finds Dawn fooling around with Xander, Anya, and Willow, and she puts her foot down and sends Dawn home to do her homework. Willow tries to talk her into taking Dawn to the World Culture Fair with her and Tara, but Buffy says no. Don't worry. It's not like I don't have a life. I do. I have Dawn's life. At Willow's dorm room, Tara tries to give advice about dealing with Buffy, drawing on her experience losing her mom. Willow gets testy, feeling like Tara knows everything and she knows nothing. Tara lost her mom, Tara's been out longer, Tara's been practicing magic longer. But when Willow brings up magic, Tara says that Willow's power frightens her, and Willow gets upset. It frightens you? I frighten you? The argument turns into Tara's insecurity about whether Willow is actually into women or if she might change her mind, and Willow gets upset and leaves. At home, Buffy is putting her stompy foot down when Dawn pushes back, and Buffy tells her that if Dawn doesn't shape up, they'll take her away. Tara goes to the World Culture Fair by herself, sitting on a bench. Willow wallows on a beanbag chair in the magic box. A hand slides into Tara's at the fair, but it's not Willow. Is this seat taken? At the magic box, Willow talks to Giles about the fight with Tara, but their talk is interrupted by Giles discovering a minion spying on them. Giles pulls the minion in and tortures him until he speaks. He tells them that Glory's going after the key, which she thinks is Tara. Willow rushes out. Call Buffy and go look in Tara's room. I'm gonna check the fair. At the fair, Glory crushes Tara's hand and tastes the blood, realizing she's not the key. She asks Tara to tell her who the key is, and Tara refuses. Willow shows up just as Glory sucks Tara's brain. Glory disappears and Willow rushes to Tara's side, but it's too late. She takes Tara to the hospital. Spike watches over Dawn, who thinks she must be evil. Maybe I'm not evil. But I don't think I can be good. When the hospital keeps Tara for observation overnight, Willow wants to go after Glory, but Buffy tells her not to. Willow says fine, she won't go after Glory, and then immediately rushes off to the magic box to get supplies to go after Glory. She shows up at Glory's, her eyes black with magic, and begins the beatdown. 
I owe you pain. Buffy goes to Spike's crypt to see Dawn and tells Spike about Willow. Spike says there's no way Willow isn't going after Glory right now. He would. Buffy rushes off and finds Willow. She's hurt Glory and slowed her down a bit, but she's running out of power and Glory's just getting started. Buffy distracts Glory just long enough to get Willow out of there. The next day, Willow, Tara, Dawn, and Buffy are in Tara's room when Glory pulls the wall off the room. Tara gets distressed and when Dawn tries to calm her, she looks at Dawn and gives up the game. The light, so pure, such pure green energy. Dun, 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 cliffhanger. Oh, shit. Here I we hate go. cliffhangers, Noelle. Noelle, I hate them. Um, I know you hate cliffhangers. I know you do. It's not fun. I, I don't appreciate it. <laughs> it's a mean cliffhanger, but it's also kind of a great cliffhanger because, like, here we go, right? Like, it's here a, we yeah. go. Yeah, it here is. Here we go. It is. It's, it's the so next. Real. It's the next tick of the roller coaster. You know, you yeah. just know this thing is starting. Now we're getting towards the end here, so this is when we start this like, you know, fast roll through everything else that we're going to do this season. And this is a great season. There's a lot of great things in this season that I really, really love. Uh, but my first question, as always, is Noel, darling, my love, what do you think about Tough Love? Oh my God, it's <laughs> it's tough, right? Yes, like, it it's is tough. Mm-hmm. Um, another one of those episodes where I just like feel for everybody. I mean, yeah. I I feel for Willow and Tara a lot, uh-huh. but I also I really feel for Buffy. I mean, mm-hmm. from the from the get go, having to drop out of school or feeling like she has to drop out of school, yeah, to take care of Dawn, and we see her kind of like flexing these muscles of like all right i i have to do this because mm-hmm. you know it's not enough it's not enough that she's you know the slayer she also now has to be the guardian of her younger sister and it's right like this huge huge shift for her mm-hmm. and it just you see it weigh on her the entire episode and then willow and tara have their first big fight and mm-hmm. oh boy is it a yeah. fight? And, and, you know, and just everything, everything that follows. Like, it's a lot. There's a lot going on in this episode. Um, yeah. And lots of lots of big feelings ensuing as well. There are a lot of big feelings, you know, and the thing is, like, there's a lot of stuff going on. And it does feel this episode has never been one of my favorites. I like a lot of things that happen here, um, but it does feel a little disjointed. Like, we've got all this stuff with Buffy and with Dawn and with I've got to put my foot down and everything. Um, and that's a big deal like that dawn the idea that dawn's you know skipping school that she could uh end up getting taken away from buffy like that's a big thing and ordinarily that would be like the main story in this but that's a side story in this because we're really focused on tara and willow which by the way i would really i really enjoy that story i love the two of them this whole thing is freaking heartbreaking when glory slides her hand into tara's at the fair oh my god you know great moment yes great so everything moment else i just forget like when i look at this episode it's only willow and tara for me yeah and there's definitely a parallel drawn between Mm -hmm. willow and tara and buffy and dawn Mm -hmm. and i like it i like parts of it i also there are parts of it that don't quite work for me but Mm -hmm. i appreciate i appreciate what they do with that arc over the course of the episode for Willow, especially because, Mm -hmm. you know, we start out and Willow's like, 
I don't like I can't understand you know I'm trying to like help Buffy but I didn't you know I don't know what she's going through and I don't know what to say to Willow clearly dealing with a bunch of her own insecurities about her identity to that final scene where Willow is has made the decision to take care of Tara and she says something to the effect like basically indicates that she'll take care of Tara even if Tara never gets better yeah and but she can't quite say it you just see it she trails off and she you just kind of see it cross her face and she and Buffy share this moment of like yeah like this is what it feels like Buffy reaches out and touches Dawn's hair and says yeah "Yeah, I know this is what it feels Mm -hmm. like to have that person for whom you really will risk everything sacrifice everything because that is what they are to you um and it it works for me in in some respects and not in others Mm -hmm. but it's also just a huge like it's just a huge thing to try to encapsulate in a single episode of television like how do you how do you do that how do you boil down the it's so much relationship dynamic i mean yeah the willow like the willow tara dynamic is something that i love just about the show in general Mm -hmm. um as interesting and problematic as it (laughs) gets oh god i've like When I say things about like loving Willow and Tara and their relationship, then I immediately like flash forward to the right the the mm. yeah. There's some stuff. There's some stuff there. You know the things that make me just get like go nonverbal because it. Yeah. They clearly have this incredible, this incredible bond, mm-hmm. um, and we're we are led to believe for a mm-hmm. few minutes here that that's like on shaky ground yeah um but something that i love about their relationship from the beginning and in this episode i think in particular is that their relationship is really about everything yeah you know magic in this world is literal magic mm-hmm. but it's also queer sex mm-hmm. and tara's horrible upbringing is the oppressive family dynamic that so many of us know so well especially in the queer community sure but it's also this foil for tara's gentleness and kindness Mm -hmm. and there's just there's so much there's so much going on with these two so that when they fight yeah they fight about everything and I feel like anybody who has been in a serious relationship where there are Mm -hmm. you know there's like really deep feelings has had this fight I mean (laughs) maybe not this fight where everything (laughs) comes in where yeah well I mean yeah like here's the thing they never fight Right. We have never, never, ever seen them fight. And Willow says as much when she's talking to Giles, like they've never fought before. So the fact that they have this fight and this is right before, you know, Glory gets a hold of Tara feels a little bit forced to me because it's it's not it doesn't feel consistent with them. They seem to have really, really good communication. That said, they did have that that bit of a conflict over um, the over Dawn. The fact that Willow lied to Tara about giving the book to Dawn um, for in forever for um, resurrecting Joyce, all of that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So we do have a little sense that there is some tension brewing, and I think that there is. Um, I mean, you're right. Like there's like when you're in that kind of a relationship, right? You ha- you may have good communication, but there's always these little areas. And I think with some 
couples they build up and they build up and they build up so that when you finally fight it's all (laughs) everything's going on the wall we're throwing all the pasta on the wall and seeing what sticks and it's you know and it's all of these things so they have this fight that starts out about you know i I frighten you you know from willow well it starts out i mean it doesn't even like that's the midpoint of Mm -hmm. the fight it starts i love this fight i mean i hate it but yeah I love this fight because they have had individually, Willow and Tara individually have had things come up for them. Mm -hmm. And we've sort of, you know, we've been like, we've been dropping those breadcrumbs for a few episodes now. But they start out talking about the Buffy and Dawn stuff. You know, Mm -hmm. Willow feels, Willow, who has always felt this connection to Dawn, feels like Buffy's being Mm -hmm. too hard on Dawn. Right. And Mm -hmm. Tara sees where Buffy might be coming from. So they have this kind Mm -hmm. of like, you know, it... It's very under the surface, but they're like, no, you should be taking my side in this yeah. fight kind of thing. Right. Like it, you really start to see Willow's insecurity a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then Willow says she feels like the junior partner because Tara has been a gay witch longer than she has. Right. And then Tara counters with Willow's growth in the magic department, mm-hmm. which raises the question for me, like, is this still a metaphor? Like, are we still... Speaking metaphorically about magic? Well, no, I think we've separated lesbianism and magic now, right? Which is a fascinating choice. Like, right? Like, just from a a writing standpoint, like, Mm -hmm. you have this really powerful metaphor, which is a great way to fly under the censorship radar in Mm -hmm. 1999, 2000, 2001, you know, of like, no, we're going to do this relationship and we're going to have it, we're going to have it evolve and grow sort of organically. Um, without going, ooh, lesbians, you know, <laughs> which, <laughs> which I don't think right. the show does. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, anyway, so they get into the subject of magic and, mm-hmm. and you know, Willow's like, you've been practicing longer than I have. You've been out longer than I have. And Tara's like, actually, your, <laughs> you know, your growth in the magical realm Mm -hmm. is frightening yeah and then there's talk of you know freudian slips a mistake in the speech right where the speaker reveals what she's truly thinking when you say one thing and mean your mother (laughs) (laughs) old joke sorry (laughs) still a good one though still a good one and then willow who is already feeling insecure about everything because Mm -hmm. You know, Tara Tara has all of this knowledge. Tara yeah. understands better what Buffy is going through, ostensibly. Mm-hmm. Willow projects onto Tara the fear that she might go back to, quote unquote, boys town after college. Right. Mm-hmm. Which really says a lot about what Willow is going through with her identity. Mm-hmm. And also, this is a thing that I think would be written very differently in 2020. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, I've talked a little bit about Willow's sexuality and how she chooses to identify on the show, but how we have to read that through the filter of a writer's room in, in you know, the late 90s, early aughts. Sure. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, all of the all of the mainstream uh, beliefs about and biases about mm-hmm. <laughs> bisexuality that feed into that. So... Right. It's, I mean, Willow's Willow's sexual identity is fascinating and complicated Mm -hmm. and clearly still very much a source of, like, 
struggle or yeah. internal struggle for here for her and we see yeah. it here um with her the way i think it's really interesting something i love about this fight is the way that she willow takes her insecurity mm-hmm. and puts it on tara and essentially says Do, so you think this right. about me mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. tara does the thing that i think many of us have done in a fight <laughs> who's just like you know, been worried like Tara has been genuinely worried about Willow being on the fast track to level 30 mage. Like, yeah. Takes right. the bait essentially and is like, well, should I be worried about you leaving me for a man? Right. Like, Clearly, like, this we is weren't in your even head, having. So, yeah, we, mm-hmm. we weren't having that fight, but now we're having that fight. And right. Exactly. It's exactly it's exactly that thing that happens mm-hmm. in relationships where like maybe the surface level communication is good but uh-huh. there are things that yeah. have come up or there are little you know there's been mm-hmm. little tiny tiny little baby red you know cocktail size red flags in yep. this relationship and now they have mm-hmm. just kind of they have all just you know gathered together into a yep bouquet of a dozen red flags that all come <laughs> They all come up at once. And yeah. it, mm-hmm. oh, it's hard. It's hard to watch. It's a lot, but it feels really real in that respect. Mm-hmm. Um, is it shitty that it happens as a kind of setup for the glory Tara brain sucking? Yeah. Yeah, it really is. I, I think um, it's just, it's just a bit much. It's so fast. And I think that they have been kind of seeding this tension between Tara and Willow. And I think that they've been doing it fairly well but just the and and then it happens right now and then in the next scene tara gets taken by glory like they don't have a chance for this to be a i I think that it would have more impact if it didn't feel like a narrative trick that they were doing just so that we could add more pathos to tara's tara's fate here you know yeah um but but i think that they have been seeding it and it's really interesting especially when you think about it in the in the terms of where we're going with willow like how this is seeding things that are actually going to be happening you know in season six right um you know which i think is is really really interesting and i i kind of i season six is complicated we'll talk about it when we get there there's a lot of stuff (laughs) in that that i that i love um but part of this like the we've got angry powerful willow which of course is a response to what glory did to tara right yep and this is our first i think is this our first view of black eyed willow Yep, this is our first mm-hmm. this is our first glimpse of what will become the aesthetic of Dark Willow of which... Darkest Ma- right she opens up the book called Darkest Magic, right? <laughs> which, you know, anytime you have to hit a book with a hammer to open it up and then like right. magic goes shooting into the air like okay, here we go. This is Yeah, it seems to yeah. me like Giles should have maybe gotten a safe. I'm just saying. Between or Dawn something? going up there and getting stuff that can raise the goddamn dead, right? And then Willow just wanders on up and picks up something so powerful that magic literally like flies out of it when you open it. And not just magic, darkest, black-eyed magic, darkest. right? 
darkest yeah. there is oh, no other other form of like there's nothing darker than this this is the darkest yeah this, this is the 60 percent cacao right you know 80 percent cacao <laughs> no, this right is, this Magic. is the 100 percent cacao that you're like this is not a treat you know you're like <laughs> there is Damn. no sugar cutting the bitterness of this magic yeah yes, yes. This, this is, is dark this is dark chocolate. not delicious i don't know Absolutely. like why would i do this to my taste buds but anyway yeah because yes. you got something to prove i guess but so um <laughs> we have this tara saying that willow's power frightens her right and we immediately yeah. follow that up with willow's power you know um and what's really interesting too is that here we have this god glory like up until now buffy has been beating the hell out of everybody and willow's been helping willow's floated a couple of pencils you know this kind of thing but this season with the most powerful uh big bad that we've had to date willow has actually hurt glory more this season than buffy has yeah. you know which kind of proves tara's point like the idea that it's a little bit frightening. I think there's something to to take from Tara there and be like, yeah, you know, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, they were yeah. Willow was able to dematerialize Glory and, yeah. you know, teleport and, her and to drop her in the middle of the sky. Mid-air. Yeah. That's, I mean, yeah. That ain't nothing, man. That's that's a big deal. And so Willow's got all of this power. And then there's this moment too with Buffy where, you know, she's like, "Well, when is the right time to go after Glory? When she's upset you? When it's that. dawn?" You know, and I'm like, mm-hmm. "Yeah." You know, um, I really appreciate that. I love this moment, too, where uh, Buffy talks to Spike and Spike's like, oh, so really powerful, pissed off witch is going to do nothing because you explained it to her. And the Buffy's <laughs> like, oh, my God. <laughs> that scene. We, I mean, we will get to the the Spike Dawn yeah. dynamic and the Spike mm-hmm. Dawn Buffy dynamic. But I do love Spike just like. Oh, come on. Exactly. <laughs> like, like a little I chat with Buffy and that's going <laughs> to cool her down. Like, no. Well, please. yeah. I mean, and Spike is the one who, you know, in Something Blue was like, she's holding on by a thread, guys. She's not doing okay, you know? Yeah. And he's the one who's able to see that, you know? So I've always liked that. I really enjoy that about Spike. Um, but, you know, I mean, I love, like, there's so much here to love. I love this moment when the doctor asks if Tara's Willow's sister. And Willow <laughs> looks at her and says, she's my everything. And I mean, the thing is, on the one hand, like, to fuck you, doctor, don't presume anything. And second of all, that Willow is just so all about Tara in that moment, that just the way she says that isn't saying anything other than the truth. She's not making a point. She's not trying to correct the doctor. Right. She's just in so much pain at that moment and looks at Tara and says, she is my everything. And it kills me every single time. It's so beautiful. Yeah. It's a great response to mm-hmm. that kind of, yeah. you know, the the heterosexual bullshit that you know like two two women go a place together and clearly have some relationship yeah they must be sisters they must be sisters rather than like give that any like it doesn't even get a moment we don't give it any air yeah exactly we don't acknowledge it Mm -hmm. there's no it's it it's a great like (laughs) <laughs> it made me chuckle because, you know, who hasn't been in that situation? You know, if mm-hmm. you are in a queer relationship, like someone has decided that. That your sisters. You know, you're just like super, super, really good close friends. Best, or best your sisters. Friends. Or, yeah, best friends. 
best, best friend. Um, but it doesn't it doesn't get any air. It's, and Willow doesn't. Willow doesn't acknowledge it except to, you know. Well, yeah, say, I mean, and that's my everything, which is. Yeah, I, I like it. Well, I like see, it a lot. The text, the text by handing this to Willow and Willow saying she's my everything without acknowledging the heteronormative bullshit right it does something to combat that idea like it, it takes all of the legitimacy out of it by not even acknowledging it as a serious thing worth fighting over you know yeah um and there's something about that that i really like and i love oh god she's my everything oh my god and it just breaks my fucking heart every time the moment that gets me like even even before mm-hmm. um anything has happened with tara is when Giles acknowledges, oh, you don't, you know, you don't quarrel much. Mm -hmm. And he says, well, it's over. And Willow just snaps too. She's, it's over. What do you mean it's over? It can't be over. I just found her. I just found her. I just found her. Oh my God, you guys. Full body goosebumps. Like it's so, it's so queer Mm -hmm. and it's so good. And so oh God. i love it this relationship but i just i just <laughs> want them to have all of the mediation and be like look yeah <laughs> like look what you're actually you're actually talking about what mm-hmm. you're actually talking about when you're talking is this other issue mm-hmm. that you really need to well discuss. they had a whole bunch i mean clearly they had a whole bunch of mud there on the floor just waiting for to get like mixed up and slid oh, in God, um, yeah. but it's yeah. so it's so good and i but mean isn't I, it isn't it interesting how all of that disappears mm-hmm. as soon as tara is yeah. incapacitated yeah as soon as tara has been you know has had this awful awful encounter with glory yeah oh my good lord oh god that's terrifying yeah mm-hmm. but it all like the all of the fighting goes away and you just see and yeah. willow just like snaps into no this is the person i love yeah mm-hmm. Oof. which i think it's just it's so it's so incredibly wonderful um and i love you know i love seeing willow so powerful go into glory knocking glory back you know i mean like what willow is able to do by herself before buffy gets there buffy gets there and annoys glory but willow is the one who throws a spell behind them and actually makes them able to escape like that's a big deal and of course you know we're seeding all of this like dark willow stuff for season six um although like at the point that they were writing this i believe that they still didn't know that there was going to be a season six. I mean, this was written as both a season and a series finale with Buffy's death at the end. And that is a complete arc, you know, from the beginning mm. to the end. We have her dying at the end of season one of Prophecy Girl. I'm 16. I don't want to die. We have her dying at the end of The Gift, where she willingly makes this choice that I am giving up my life to save Dawn, you know? Um, mm-hmm. So that's incredibly powerful and could have been a complete arc for the story in itself. I'm really glad that we do get season six and season seven because UPN picked up Buffy from the WB and ran with it for two more seasons. Um, but they're still seeding what's going to be happening in season six at this point, which is, of course, a, a dark willow arc, um, which I really, really enjoy 
in certain ways. We'll talk about that when we get to season six. Yeah. Season six is complex, definitely. Yeah, I mean, and just this just this encounter with Glory is complex because, mm-hmm. you know, we've been, we have acknowledged how powerful Willow is. Mm-hmm. And this is the first time I think that we see this kind of like using power, anyone on the show really using power for revenge. Can that be right? We don't have, I mean, we have Giles going after Angelus after he kills Jenny Calendar, and then Buffy comes in to stop him. We have a very clear anti-revenge story. And then, although what's funny is that we do have in our main core cast a vengeance demon where we never address that with Anya. Anya has killed a lot of people. Killed, tortured, (laughs) tormented, a lot of people. Is a vengeance demon in a show that I think has come down pretty strongly on the side that vengeance is not what we do. I mean, look at Buffy, right? Um, Spike has killed a million, a million and one people. We lost count in the 70s, right? Like he's just killed a lot of of people and done a lot of terrible things. As soon as he has a chip in his head and he can't hurt humans anymore, Buffy is not interested in killing him anymore because it's not about revenge. It's not about justice. It's not about getting back for things in the past. Buffy is about protecting people in the future. And that is where her energy goes. It doesn't go to punishing people for things that they've done if they're not going to do them anymore, you know, for whatever reason. So, I mean, that makes sense that, you know, Anya, because she is no longer a demon and is unable to, you know, wreak vengeance all over the place that we kind of let it go. But thematically, vengeance is a very, very interesting idea. Um, I think it has absolutely a place within the storytelling of this uh, of this show. We don't really deal with it directly that much. Yeah. Isn't that what what Jenny Callender's uncle isn't that what Uncle Creepy yeah. says? When We're he comes about in vengeance. And, yes. Yeah. And that's but that's presented as creepy and and a bad not thing. what you vengeance should be doing. is textually. I mean, I can't think of an incident where we do have vengeance in Buffy. Uh, or, that is treated as though that's okay. Or even just like, just to kind of explode it out a little further, mm-hmm. that kind of selfishness. Like, I'm going to go after right. this person. Like, this incredibly dangerous it, person who is after. It never goes yeah. well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, no, no it never You know, I'm going to go well. after this person or this creature or whatever who di- who directly hurt me mm-hmm. or someone in my life. Like, that never goes well for people. Well, and, Willow would have died, too, if Buffy hadn't gotten yeah. there. Yeah, Yeah, Willow probably would have died, would have run herself down, you know, um, trying to to get glory. And if she didn't kill glory, I think she knew she wasn't going to. I mean, it was kind of a suicide mission, in which case, who's taking care of Tara then? You know, right. Um, right. Although she probably wasn't thinking that long term. But there's yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things. There's a lot of reasons why vengeance is, you know, a bad way to go. And I think textually, we have definitely, you know, made that statement quite a few times. But it's interesting to see someone in our core cast Mm -hmm. act out of what is ultimately kind of a selfish place Mm -hmm. in exercising all this power. And I don't know about you, but I feel very much two ways about it. I feel like, yeah, go Willow. You know, like, it's awesome to see her Mm -hmm. when she comes floating into that mansion with her lightning hands. I'm like, yeah. Oh, yes. I owe you pain. Bring it bring yeah. it but at the same time you're like uh this is not it's not like, okay yeah well you know when i've already said like when you have to hit a book with a hammer to get the dark magic mm-hmm. you know in the gooey gooey center like maybe 
maybe that's not what you want to be doing. Right. Mm -hmm. Even if you are fighting a god, which... Can we talk about Glory for a minute? Because oh, what the hell? Oh, yes. Let's. What Let's the talk hell? about Glory. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay, Glory. Glory. <laughs> we all know. We I love Glory so yes. much. Mm -hmm. She is a delight. But Ben loses his job because he hasn't been at work for two weeks, which, you know, fair enough. Yeah. But what the hell has Glory been doing? Like, <laughs> why hasn't she come up with this plan of hers, like, way, way sooner? What, what has she been up to? Yeah. Well, she's Getting been having sweet, the minions, manicure? taking like... her baths, you know, drinking her mimosas, <laughs> having her minions run around and just not get anything done. Yeah. I mean, she's a god and we're told and we see several times that she is super powerful. And she tells mm -hmm. us, you know, multiple times she could just, you know, kill yeah. everybody. So, mm -hmm. like, why not just do it? I mean, why... Why lounge around your mansion? Right. Just go through them one by one until you figure out which one the key is. Right. right? Like it yeah. shouldn't be. Mm -hmm. There's not just from a writing standpoint, like there's nothing stopping her really from doing that. Right. Other than, mm -hmm. I know, story. Like right. we don't have a story. Right. We've got to keep her on ice for a little while because we have to have the Buffy bot and we have to have I Was but... Made to Love You and we have to have the body and we have forever. I mean, Glory's been on ice for a while now, you know, and now we're yeah. bringing her back and she's just we're picking up with her where she was before. But in this meantime... Uh, you would think that she would have lost her patience already. So, um, yeah, I think that Glory as an antagonist, like there's definitely some uh, uh, some things that if you look at it from her perspective, you're like, well, what the hell have you been doing? You know, you yeah, hate it how, here. Like, People are meat sacks. You don't want to be here any longer than you have to be, you know? Yeah. And she's all powerful, but apparently not really. And mm -hmm. has she been has has. Ben been gone for two weeks because Glory has been doing something like I don't know it just doesn't well it's yeah it doesn't line up for me um mm -hmm. although I really do like that hand morph that we get yeah. from Ben to Glory in the locker room um as a change from the face morph but also I like the way we get to see Glory's manicure so that then when she <laughs> grasps Tara's hand right. later we're like oh damn like we've seen exactly. that you know We've yeah. seen that nail color before. We know what's happening. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I'm just, I just, I don't, I don't buy it. And as much as I love Glory, I'm like, what? Yeah. This is, this is terrible. Like, she will go to the magic box to get her own spell ingredients for right. snake a demon. Yes, punch. Exactly. I don't even know what. A key sniffing snake demon. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But then. We're just going to we're going to lounge around for a couple of weeks. Well, who yeah. knows what? Um, I I don't know. It's yeah. nitpicky. I just I want. But it I does. It does make her a little bit like you. And the thing is, she's she's kind of overpowered here because she is so powerful. Like if, if something had happened where Buffy had set glory back. You know, right before, like, I was made to love you and the body, like, right before that, if she had done something that had seriously set Glory back, you yeah. know, where Glory needed to recover from that. That's why Ben hasn't gone to work in two weeks, because she's still recovering from that. So, so is he, right? Um, yeah. Then you could have something where you'd be like, okay, now Glory is back on her feet after being set back and is ready to, like, deliver the damage. And you could understand why she took that. But, I mean, we've had... You know, how many episodes now 
um, without much from Glory. You know, Quite Intervention, I think, was when she came back. We had I Was Made to Love You, The Body, and Forever. Um, you know, definitely those three without any glory. Then we have Intervention where she grabs Spike, you know, mm-hmm. looking for the key. Um, and uh, yeah, so, I mean, now we've got Glory. Glory is in business mode, which includes tearing a load-bearing wall off of a... I mean, if she doesn't want the key dead, and she doesn't because she needs the key to have flowing blood for her plan, which we know, right? Right. Um, then why tear a wall off? Like, that just seems like a big drama queen thing to do. I mean, I don't know. And the only, like, I don't have a good in-world explanation for it. The only thing that I can come up with is when you make your big bad a god you write yourself into a little bit of a corner a little bit you do really like what is stopping her from just flaying everyone in sight until she gets what she needs until she finds the key Um, right and if tasting the blood is a way for her to figure out whether somebody's the key or not then okay you know like she can she can do that with all of these people around Buffy uh very easily um so yeah like it 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 is I think it gives us a little bit of the bad antagonist feel like the weak antagonist feel especially for an antagonist who is so incredibly overpowered you know this Mm -hmm. season um so yeah I don't know it's 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 tough at the same time I find that if I don't think about it it's usually much better (laughs) Well, I still says, find her completely the girl delightful. Thinks about everything way too much in Buffy. Yes, I mean she's still completely delightful, mm-hmm. and that's really like, you know, I'll freely admit that's part yeah. of the reason that she gets a pass for me on the mm-hmm. like, yeah, she's really overpowered, but she doesn't do much with it. But when she shows up, I'm just so happy that she's here because yes. she's so fun. Yeah, like her oh little. It's it's just a tiny little scene, but mm-hmm. Glory's shock and delight that Tara is the key. Yes. When she thinks Tara is the key. I just, I love it so much. Mm-hmm. And there's this kind of like, I don't know, maybe this is, maybe this is my gay nonsense reading into this, but there's this kind of like, the monks made the key a lesbian. Like, <laughs> there's just a little bit of a, you know, I'm like, yeah. yeah, just because the key isn't actually a lesbian doesn't mean it couldn't be. Could <laughs> like, have been. Could it have could been. have been. What yes. could have been. Um. But she's so tickled. Mm-hmm. Like when, when Glory thinks she's figured out who the key is. Yeah. She's so tickled. She says something about the monks gave her quirks. And I'm like, huh, okay, all right. Um, but then, of course, you know, as you've already mentioned, when she, that that brutal scene yeah. on the bench where she squeezes Tara's hand so yeah. hard that blood spur- starts mm-hmm. to spurt out. I mean... Wow. Yeah, no, that's wow, wow. that's really graphic. It's some vivid body horror for mm-hmm. a television show that doesn't really do that. Yeah. Um, except that now we do. Mm-hmm. That's something that I didn't talk about last week um, and probably should have with Glory torturing Spike. That this yeah. season we've kind of ramped up the... The grotesque injuries. Yeah. Yeah. The mm-hmm. like actual like people people get injured. It's yeah. not just it's not just a vampire gets dusted or, you know, we like fade to black as someone dies yeah. or Buffy you know. got stabbed with a crowbar. You know? Yeah. True. Yeah. yeah so we have some, that. Mm-hmm. There's some like real And with the, a stake. And full for this love, is, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Good lord! Yeah, we've got we've some had a body lot of blood this, going this season. Yeah, mm-hmm. 
more, you know, not a not obviously not a ton of gore because that's not what we're going to do on. But it's a pretty visceral violence, I think, in a way that we haven't necessarily had in previous seasons. Right. For sure. Mm -hmm. For sure. And and injury that lasts yes. too when mm-hmm. Xander gets his hand crushed by mm-hmm. uh is it Olaf, Olaf the troll Olaf the troll yes he's got a a cast on mm-hmm. the next episode yeah. and Spike of course you know Spike's horrible yeah. appearance his post glory yeah. bruises you know mm-hmm. are are not quite a a plot point but certainly a talking point in this episode right. i mean mm-hmm. it's Injury is now um, graphic. It's more mm-hmm. graphic, and it's more uh, permanent. I want to say yeah. it's like not as it doesn't. You know, it's not like we roll credits and then we come back the next week and everyone is fine. Mm-hmm. We come back right. and everyone is still carrying evidence of the the fight they fought the week before yeah Yeah. i mean that this that we have extended consequences for this kind of violence that it's not something where we just wave it away with you know buffy heals quickly or spike heals quickly like spike does heal quickly as a vampire and yet the next week he is still torn apart oh he's a fucking mess he is a mess and god bless the makeup department i mean i know really really well done um yeah but you know, before we before we get into the the delight of <laughs> Spike, there our weekly our weekly delight of Spike. I don't know. Yes. There's got to be some better way of expressing that. But uh, before before we jump on Spike, when Glory describes how brain sucking feels, oh yeah, we're also getting into this kind of viscera that we haven't totally explored well yeah and she says think about how you're going to feel when you got my fingers wriggling around in your brain like that (laughs) is a very visceral description yeah you know and i mean that's it's very uncomfortable and it is and you know the the blood dripping from tara's hand you know um that is horrible and then she says don't say anything don't scream don't make a sound Mm -hmm. or all these people are going to die because of you i mean good god that's horrifying and what's fascinating simultaneously is mm-hmm. that when she describes what the brain sucking feels like to yeah. the victim, she's also describing what she experiences when she's running low on human psyche. Yes. And mm-hmm. I think that that is mostly in the performance. Oh, it's because wonderful. Because it doesn't yeah. come off only as a threat. It also mm-hmm. comes off as a trust me, I know like yeah, there's like this, this is connection. my experience. Mm-hmm. There's this connection between Glory and her victims in a way that we haven't we haven't really seen up till this point because she hasn't targeted anybody that we care about. Right. Um mm-hmm. but that adds another there's like a there's an extra layer of mm-hmm. horror in the yeah. parfait. Yeah, there <laughs> now, is. if this is her experience, mm-hmm. And there's that connection between Glory and the people she brain sucks. I mean, mm-hmm. yikes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. There's there's something, I don't know. I don't know what's scarier. Mm-hmm. A big bad who is who is that kind of um focused 
the the sort of focused evil mm-hmm. that is just intent on you know I'm going to I'm going to achieve my goal and nothing you can do stops me or this this evil that is I don't know glory has this connection mm-hmm. to so much of the world despite not wanting to be part of it and now to have yeah. this connection to the mental and emotional experience of her victims. There's something for me that's very chilling about that. I think in a way yeah. that maybe the single-minded evil, you know, right. because get the, the magical amulet has... thingy destroy the world exactly. is not. Yeah, well, she um, has this experience. Like, here's the thing, is that it is uh, it is kind of a, a perversion of the idea of empathy, right? Like, because she is is explaining an experience that she has, right? And yet she has absolutely no problem doing that to somebody. Like, explaining how awful it is and how awful it is for her is a circumstance in which you would think there would be some level of empathy there. And yet with Glory, there is none. And that makes it even colder. Yeah. Yeah. It's this is going to hurt me more than it's going to hurt you, but not really kind of a or, thing. Yeah. It's, or this is going to hurt you a lot, but let's talk about me. Like that's. <laughs> Which is really, that's glory. It is glory. In a nutshell. That is yeah. on brand for glory, right? You know, but it's, it's just, it's so good. And then, you know, we get into this, of course, the result of this is that she does brain suck Tara. And then once again, Tara's been damseled, which we've had oh God, quite Tara. a lot of. Yeah, Tara's been in a lot of dangerous situations from which she must be saved, you know. Um, and she is like, she has been practicing magic longer than Willow. She has magical power. We've seen her do things. She's the one who helped Giles with the um, with the spell earlier this season. She's the one who was able to make it so that nobody could see demons. Like, she's got some power, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and yet, whenever we see her in one of these damseling situations, she's always so helpless, you know? And, um, and the thing about damseling is that typically it's the kind of thing that's done to motivate a male story. Like you have a woman who's in danger and then suddenly, you know, the man has to save her, blah, blah, blah. And in this circumstance, it's not a man, it's a woman, but it's still a romantic relationship. You know, mm-hmm. it's still something that is motivating the movement here for Willow. Um, but this and and I think in the past we've seen like, you know, when she was damseled, she was being attacked by um uh, by Oz, you know, um, in that circumstance, like we've had her just get hurt a lot and be in danger a lot so that we have Willow come in and save her or whatever, you know. Um, but I think that what we've got here in this particular instance is a, like a little more defensible um, because we've got strong story implications here. Like Tara can see the key energy, right? She ends up giving mm-hmm. up Dawn. And in the end, she's the one who leads them to Glory's, you know, rickety scaffolding into the netherworld, you know? So <laughs> there's narrative use there. Um, and it's not just about motivating somebody else's story. So I think that of all the times that we have put Tara in danger, this is probably the most narratively defensible one, I think. Um, so, I mean, I I don't mind that. I do love seeing how Willow cares for Tara, um, that we're not discarding Tara just because Tara has been hurt. Um, and these are good notes there. Um, and, you know, while Tara getting her whole self back at the end kind of plays into this idea that her humanity and value would be somewhat lessened by this kind of disability, um, seeing how Willow cares for her and loves her through it regardless is really, really nice. Um, and I love how Tara refuses to tell Glory who the key is. 
I mean, oh my God, in such tremendous oh pain, word. knowing what's yep. going to happen. And when she just looks at Glory with that face of resolve. Yep. <laughs> that that gets me. Like that yeah. when she she's we've seen her suffering, we've cut you know, we've heard she's whimpering the whole time, Glory's speaking. And then we cut to her sitting there and she just kind of straightens up and turns to glory and like mm -hmm. i mean amber benson come on that oh like, my god the the subtle that subtle facial shift mm -hmm. where you just like see her you see her just like a brace for impact there's nothing that glory can do to her that is going to make her give up that information right. and it's communicated in her face with no dialogue yeah. with no nothing it is brilliant that moment is brilliant yeah. and it's so powerful nicely done nicely done and then contrast that right with this male coded minion right <gasps> oh, who giles cracks it he's like i will never tell you anything and then willow and anya turn their backs for a second you hear the cracking of bones but you see nothing there's no blood on this guy you don't know what he probably just like twisted his pinky finger and then the guy's giving everything up about you know what's oh, going on and how like incredibly weak he is and then we have this strong feminine power in this story i kind of dig that yeah i hadn't thought about I hadn't thought about the the fragileness of the minions, if you yeah, will. I mean, yeah. they you know, really... minion fragility is a real thing. <laughs> oh, oh, those fragile minions! But fragile minions. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. a great point. He's like, I'm never. I will never give up. I will never tell you anything. And then Giles is just like. Girls, can you give me some twine? And yeah. as soon as their backs are turned, exactly. it's like. <laughs> just... And what does he do? Does he step on his foot? He can't no do much. That's a three second thing, right? It's you hear not, a bone yeah. crack and this minion looks fine. The minion is not doubled over in pain. The minion is the minion's just like, no, 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 I'll tell you. I'll tell you everything. I mean, for God's sake, Giles might have just cracked his knuckles. I mean, who the hell knows? Like, and the okay, minions that giving it would up. have been. Yeah, I love I love that we don't see it. So we yeah. never know. But yeah. it is like. I don't know. It definitely it definitely points up a kind of um I mean, it's a contrast yeah. between what Glory does to Tara and what Giles does to this minion and like, you know, that Tara will not talk. I mean, it speaks to feminine power. I kind of like that. Um but I'm curious though, what do you think about now post brain suck? We have dialogue for Tara that uh, feels like this rambly. It doesn't make any sense. Um, it's all, you know, it's it, like it's all kind of weird. Like it, it means something to her clearly. But I, I find that dialogue, especially at the end where she gives up such beautiful, pure green energy. Like, come on. Right. She's so clear. We could like, have been much so more clear. subtle with that. Like, that was. Yeah, that mm -hmm. whole thing I felt like was just a bit much. I don't like what they do with her dialogue afterward. I don't love what they do with the post post brain glory. Sucked. Yeah, mm -hmm. like the the brain sucked dialogue. I mean, I don't envy anyone the task of trying to write that. How yeah. do you 
how do you write that in well, a I mean, way you that write it is... in a way that makes sense once we know everything from the season, right? Like where it's something that you can look back on, you know. But mm-hmm. I mean, even the the brain sucked knight of Byzantium, right? He's talking. The key is the link. The link must be severed, such as the will of God, right? So he right. keeps saying that over and over again. He's saying something that actually makes sense in the context of his experience, right? He hasn't lost all connection with his ability to express himself. Um, so for me, I look at it and I'm like, the fact that it doesn't make sense doesn't really bother me. The fact that it doesn't make sense, even when we get to the end, Plastic and her six six sisters, you know, like all that kind of stuff, like, you know, is that a, is that a recycling you know, thing? Is that like about the environment? What is that? You know? Right. And I feel like I want it to mean something that we don't understand now in the moment, but that in the end, because all of these people that she has brain sucked, they're working with glory. They can recognize the key. They have the ability to see things and understand things that the rest of us don't. So because they were magically brain sucked. Right. So like, right. Give while it may not make sense, like now in the moment to the characters that are with her, if it was something that all of these characters were saying that makes sense later, you know, that we could understand once we have the full knowledge of the entire season, that would have been, I think, kind of interesting and kind of fun. But instead, it's just it feels like all this nonsense. And poor Amber Benson having to deliver such beautiful, pure green energy like, oh, my God, it's so terrible. Well, especially when we have seen we have seen Glory's victims see Dawn mm-hmm. and not fo- like it's not yeah. it's not the rapture, you know, like they're like, you yeah. don't belong here. You don't belong here. You're yeah. not real. Mm-hmm. Like it's hostile. Yeah. But of course, that comes from people who, at least at that point in the story, we don't trust like mm-hmm. they're just scary they're they're scary right crazy old men essentially exactly exactly um, so there's hmm, i don't know i don't know that's a <laughs> i don't i don't care for it i want there to be more more there um because it is a magical effect you know it is something that has magically happened to these people and um and something about that it's just nonsense none of it makes any sense they're just completely gone i like i there's something about i like that they seem gone but they're not gone so that when we get them back it feels more mad it feels more narratively consistent you know yeah. So yeah. I don't know. That's just it's one of those things. And plus, like, even if you're going to give her nonsense, even if you're like at the end, whatever she says should be something that is clear. And like we get that it's the key, but without being so incredibly explicit, like, you know, that's just that was just not good. That was bad, bad dialogue. Um, but, you know, speaking of Dawn, though, we have mm. some great great moments for Don. I mean, not great in the principal's mm-hmm. office, not great with Buffy, you know, where she's just like, I'm not real. Keys don't have to go to school, like all of that kind of stuff. Why can't the monks just put grade nine in my head too? Like, you know, all of that kind of stuff is really irritating. But then we have this beautiful moment where she's going into the crypt with Spike. Spike is taking care of her and leading her through. And they're having this discussion where she's pondering like her own essential moral nature you know, 
And yeah. I, I must be evil since all these evil things are happening because of me. And the thing is, like, that is such a typical kind of response to abuse for a lot of people that somehow it's their fault, that somehow they're yep. responsible for it and they're bad because it happens. When Dawn struggles with this, I feel that, you know, from her, can I be good if I'm the cause of so much pain? Although, of course, it's it's not a, a real argument because it's she isn't the cause glory in pursuit of her is the cause but she is not the cause of all of this pain you know um so right. yeah i love her struggling with that yeah grappling with i mean she was grappling with this identity mm-hmm. as the key before right. her mother died and mm-hmm. now you know she doesn't know who she is really still yes. mm-hmm. her mother has died her sister is trying to be all the things mm-hmm. to all the people yes and it somehow with all of this like mm-hmm. all of the the mystical and the fantasy like it still rings very true for me yeah vis-a-vis like a 14 year old like wait a sec like yeah. who am i like how am how do i have value if all around me people are getting hurt yeah i mean everybody or- gets an existential spin from time to time but i mean this kid is really you know I mean, she's, she's really it. dealing with it. Yeah, she has <laughs> fucking earned it. And I love, too, that she's having this conversation with Spike, that she's talking to a vampire about the nature of good and evil is fucking chef's kiss beautiful. Like, I love that, you know. Um, and I love his response. I love that moment when he's reaching out to touch her on the head to make her feel better. And then she starts talking. And he pulls back real quick. You know, yeah. like he's trying to take care of her in the way that she needs to be taken care of. It's just so incredibly sweet. I love how unsure he is you know, in his role as a caretaker, somebody who's doing good things and caring for someone. I love that his pet name for Dawn in this episode is Platelet, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> that is delightful. Spike's nicknames for Dawn are some of my favorite writing on the show, but I know. Platelet, I think, Platelet. is tops. Well, when you think about, like, you know, all the things that Spike says, it's blood. It's always blood, right? You know, I mean, he comes up with that. He's like, I, I don't, I'm not much of a thinker. I go with my gut. I go, I follow the blood. You know, like he, yeah. blood is everything to him. Like that is core to who he is. And so the idea that he calls her Platelet and he sees her, you know, in the way that he sees blood, which is all about power. Um, yeah. I love that. I love that he does that. Um, you know, oh, and some, his nice, whole... some nice, subtle, or maybe not so subtle foreshadowing, too, about yeah. the importance of blood yep. to the end of this season. Yeah. I mean, that mm-hmm. it has been important. It's going to continue being important. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. And so, it's, it's pretty cool. So I love yeah. that whole thing. Yeah. I love him where he's like, that's rot. I know a little bit about evil, you know, and then he's like, she's like, well, I can't be good. And he's like, oh, I'm not good. And I'm OK. <laughs> I'm like, wow. That is probably the most spike line. Oh, I think that we've ever heard. Yes. Does that just like sum up? I know we have been talking at length about him and like mm-hmm. how he operates and kind of his sense of himself and his sense of himself yeah. in the world. Mm-hmm. But I'm not good. I'm not and good I'm, okay I'm OK. Is like, yes, I it's so perfect. Mm-hmm. It's so perfect for him. Yeah. Oh, and no, also, it's absolutely. Yeah. You know, and like sometimes that's what you need to hear, especially as, you know, a young teenager going mm-hmm. through it, whether yeah. you're a mystical key or not. Like you just need to right? hear like, yeah, you know what? I'm not perfect either. It's and okay. That's like, 
Yeah. yeah like yeah we're allowed and to okay. like we're allowed to be messy and still be here like that's exactly. okay exactly it's and great. speaking of being not good we get a little bit of ripper in this episode which i quite <laughs> enjoy this moment he pulls the minion in he slams his head against the door pulls the minion in and he's being all tough he's cleaning his glasses he's ready to just throw don't some make giles clean his glasses no you know. seriously that shit gets real that shit gets real and then cracks some bones on this minion in like a heartbeat um i like seeing this glimpse of ripper i think it's important that we have this glimpse of ripper because we are going to see ripper again in the finale um and that's going to be a really interesting discussion when we talk about how he you know the role that he plays in this whole thing um but it's always fun to see badass ripper giles showing up in these episodes (laughs) i love it every time we see him and I love that all it takes is for this minion to just like show up. Yeah. And suddenly Giles is like, I don't know. It's like a switch flips, <laughs> but I'm here for it. And Anya is here for it. Yes. The yes. only thing better, I think, in that sequence than, than Giles Giles doing whatever cracking thing he does right. to the minion while, mm-hmm. while our backs are turned is Anya's delight. Yes. <laughs> Anya is so into it. Anya, yeah. Anya is interesting in this episode. I actually really, I enjoy Anya in this episode. Uh, again, we have another circumstance where where Xander just talks down to her when she's going on about her her rant about capitalism being essentially American, which, by the way, which it is, and that's a lot of wrong, our problem. But... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you mean, know? Yeah. But you didn't have to bring the, like, xenophobia and ageism into it, Anya. No, I, I don't know. Very true. But the way Anya's that Xander talks to her, you know, yeah. Anya's I don't not know. great in this episode. But then Xander, yeah, Xander totally misses the opportunity when he's like, um, he says, it's time to be a little more inclusive. Not us. Not us. Just you. Just you. Exactly. Oh, fuck you, Exactly. Xander. I mean, that's the thing. Like, Anya can say terrible things. And because Xander and the way that he talks to her is so much worse I'm just like, I end up being mad at Xander even when Anya's behaving badly. It's some, there's some bad writing for Xander in this episode, mm-hmm. too. Just his whole, like, I mean, I love the line where he's telling Buffy that he's going to support her. <laughs> right. And he's like, I'm searching for supportive things and I'm coming up all bras, which right. is a cute line. But Xander, mm-hmm. you are a carpenter. How about yeah. Arch? How about Joist? Yeah. There are, like, or you're there a man. are 17 supportive There things. are a million things you can do. <laughs> there are there places are, to go. I mean, yeah. he's a carpenter. Isn't like half of carpentry building supports? I like, believe I don't that know. it is. But I mean, anyway. I, don't, I, I think so, anyway. yes, Exactly. But anyway. he's not one of those adults who views everything through his job. So there you go. <laughs> but yeah, but I don't know. I don't know. It, it's not great writing for Xander, Xander and Anya. Anya bums me out in this episode. <laughs> there's, there's not a lot of Anya. I mean, mm-hmm. it is very, it's very sweet, and and I think almost maybe almost redeems her in the hospital when Willow says, "I don't know if I can sleep without her," and Anya says, "You can sleep with me." Oh, it's just like so delighted, and then everyone looks at her, and there's that like you know kind of record scratch, and she's like, "Oh, right. came but out I mean- way more lesbian than it sounded in my head," but. It's a sweet gesture. All right. So, Noelle, what do we got for the girl power moment of the week? Oh, not with a girl power bit. I talked about it already, Mm -hmm. but I think for me, it's that moment of intense eye contact between Tara and Glory. Mm -hmm. Tara just wordlessly agreeing to sacrifice herself with so much strength. And it 
It's so good. It's so moving. It's so badass. Yeah. I don't know. I got to I, I got to give it to Tara. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that one. I think that the moment that Tara looks at her and is like, I am not giving up the key. That is freaking brilliant. It's just wonderful. Yeah. Yep. So what's your favorite part? Oh, I, I feel some kind of way about this, <laughs> but it's Willow floating into Glory's mansion. Eyes black, lightning hands. I owe you pain. Yeah. Like it's, whoo, it's a lot. It's intense, but mm-hmm. it's so... It's so satisfying yeah. narratively and, yeah. you know, also personally. Like, uh-huh. if you fuck with my best, best love, like, I there will definitely I will cut unleash some dark Absolutely. forces on you. Like, sure. I yeah. really will. Um, <laughs> yeah. Unless it's, <laughs> unless it's uh, Willow's, like, incredible, perhaps magical spit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When right. she spits in Glory's face. <laughs> I know it needs to be um, substantial. So that yeah. it will register on camera, but well, damn. yeah, but that's a that's a loogie. That is a very that's... seriously worked up loogie. That's yeah, <laughs> perhaps of uh, magical origin. We may never I know. I think it's left over from the Queller demon. Honestly, it looks like that same goop. <laughs> it is shit. not good. It is not good. I hate that. I hate when people spit on each other's faces. I always hate that. It's always gross. Ugh. But anyway, my favorite part. <laughs> Tell me about your favorite part. <laughs> my favorite part is Dawn pondering her essential nature. I love that moment from her. I love the way that she's trying to deal with and process all of this stuff. Um, and the way that she so vulnerably asks these questions about good and evil of a vampire. I love the whole thing. I think it's wonderful. All right. If you enjoyed this conversation, would like to join and connect with the show on Twitter, follow at Chipperish and use the hashtag still pretty. This episode of still pretty was brought to you by the Chipperish media producers who support us on Patreon at the power producer level. These people are the reason why still pretty is coming to you free and ad free right now. So thank you to our August producers, Abigail, Alice, Erica, Rose, Jonathan, Jonathan, Kristen, Sarah, and Shelly. And this week's special message for our power producers. Well, I'm not good. And I'm okay. <laughs> to find out how you too can support Chipperish Media, visit patreon.com slash chipperish. Other ways to show your support. Write a great review on Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends about the show. Or I'm searching for supportive things. I'm coming up all bras. We will be back next time with Spiral, the 20th episode of season five. Until then, I'd do it. Right person? Person I love? I'd do it.